0: this is diaries of a sensitive soul my name is rachel kelly welcome to my podcast as a highly sensitive person knowing there's so many others out there just like me i wanted to create this podcast as a safe place to express myself and connect with others as i explore and share topics that many of us stay silent around As a trauma-informed coach and narcissistic abuse specialist, you can expect both personal stories and educational insights along the way. My hope is that by hearing the raw and vulnerable parts of my life, you can remind yourself that you're never alone in yours. Hello, welcome back to Diaries of a Sensitive Soul. This is an episode that I will be Discussing more about the trait of high sensitivity uh, with a particular focus on sensory overload. So, this may be a term that you're familiar with, it may not, you may kind of understand the concept. But, really, what I wanted to share in this episode was a brief overview of what it is so that you can understand maybe if this is something that you experience yourself or maybe somebody that you know. And then I want to give you and share some tools with you to help support in moments when you're feeling overwhelmed, you're anticipating overwhelm, or perhaps it's it's a case of really just understanding what your optimum level of arousal is in terms of sensory um, stimuli and information that you're taking in. So for context, for... brief explanation of what sensory overload is we just need to remember and understand that a HSP has a finely tuned nervous system which means that this sensory information that we're taking in is being processed at a much deeper level than people that aren't highly sensitive and so this can lead to overwhelming experiences so like feelings that You know, this sensory input is actually exceeding your capacity to process. So, when that happens, when things are exceeding that capacity to really process uh, and navigate what is going on inside of you, then we become overwhelmed on a very sensory level and with our nervous system um, becoming overwhelmed and overloaded. And this kind of stimuli, it can come from different sensory um, channels, let's say. So, sound, sight, touch, taste, smell. So, you know, it could be bright lights, loud noises, crowded spaces, strong smells. All of this stuff can be a lot and can overwhelm the nervous system of a highly sensitive person. And this isn't to say that a highly sensitive person has a sensitivity to every single one of those things, it can be different for every single person. And so it's just about recognizing maybe, do you have sort of an extra sensitivity to loud noises and busy spaces, or particularly bright lights, or different smells? Can that like sort of overwhelm you? So just noticing what arises for you, and understanding that when we do experience this level of overwhelm you know it may come as overwhelm. it may come as anxiety it may even just feel like a physical or emotional kind of fatigue or a level of feeling just quite drained and I think sometimes when we're not aware of this deeper knowing around sensory overload we it can kind of blame ourselves and make ourselves wrong or continue to live like a non-HSP and wonder why we're becoming maybe chronically ill or chronically overwhelmed and burnt out and stressed. So, you know, these feelings of discomfort, this stress, maybe a need to kind of retreat and things like that, um, we need to listen and to those things and honor those in a way that says to us you know it's our body communicating to us like this is our capacity and this is where we're at and if we can listen and we can do that then it's just going to make life a lot easier and a lot more manageable to to navigate being a HSB. because of course we know there are so many beautiful and amazing gifts around this trait so so many um And if you want a reminder on these, I have done an episode specifically on this. So you can find that if you go back into my previous episode. And so before I come on to sharing some of these different ways that we can navigate this, I just want to expand quickly on the traits that are associated with high sensitivity just to give you a recap, and overview of where this maybe ties in and just to see where you're at with these traits if you feel that you are highly sensitive. So really it is about a depth of processing that accompanies as I said all of this sensory input and this stimuli that's coming from inside of us, our thoughts, our emotions but also outside of us and it's the emotional responsiveness the heightened empathy and our sensitive perception and ability to detect these subtle stimuli around us so it really is like life is going on for us with the volume turned up and I think this can vary from time to time with people like it doesn't you may go through some periods of your life where it feels more noticeable you know having this trait but I think most of the time it is something that we, we are definitely aware of and we may have always had the story that I'm just different, I can't cope, everything is overwhelming, I can't keep up. And what we want to do if we're experiencing this is knowing that like, it's okay to operate differently in the world once we know that we can adjust our perceptions and our way of doing things and creating environments that suit us we start to feel more empowered about this trait and start to feel less like it's a burden like it's a weakness or it equals fragility because it absolutely doesn't you know there's huge amount of positive parts around this trait your creativity your depth your ability to connect with others on a deep level that vin- that vulnerability and all of this all of these things that i've mentioned create such a rich experience for us so for us to be able to really get the most out of these rich experiences, we have to learn how do we navigate these times where things feel too much and too overstimulating for us. So the first thing that I want to say is being able to have the choice and the option to Maybe there needs to be a separate space for you that's separate to kind of your work environment or where you sleep that you go and you can actually kind of retreat and it gives you a sense of ease and relaxation. And ideally, this is somewhere that's calming and it's kind of free from all of this different stimuli. And as well as it, you know, having this physical option of this space, if that's not possible, there is a way that you can create a safe space mentally and so just dropping into your body closing your eyes and visualizing a safe place either made up or real but somewhere where you can go where you can start to feel that dropping into this space you're associating this space with a moment of calm a moment of ease a moment of peace and stillness so maybe for you it's creating a beach somewhere maybe it's a made up place, as I said, but maybe there's a place that you've got in your mind, in your memory, where you can kind of cool on those previous feelings of calm. And once you start to visualize and so- sort of see these spaces within um, your mind, you're able to connect into a feeling that no matter whether it was in the past or it's made up, our minds cannot actually tell between the visualizations and the reality. So We get to experience this in real time. And a little tip here, if you are going to go with this visualization process for these mental kind of safe places, is to be able to use your breath and kind of guide that feeling that you feel from a sense of peace or calm or just stillness, is to use your breath to be able to guide that feeling and spread that Through your bodies, and almost visualize that moving through you and taking over your whole body. So, that's the first one that I would say. The second one that sort of ties in from this actually is boundaries. And when I say boundaries, this is a huge one for anyone, really. And I think boundaries is a hard one to learn because I think a lot of us, especially HSPs, feel that setting a boundary can make us look bad, it may make us look like we're a bad person. we're we're frightened of the reaction from other people we don't know how to hold that discomfort within ourselves or we just are creating stories around what that means if you set a clear boundary and of course this doesn't mean it's always going to be easy to set a boundary there are times where you communicate a boundary and yeah it's not received well and so part of this work is to be able to navigate that discomfort in itself but boundaries are it's so important. Again, as I said, maybe it's about taking yourself off to a safe space, but it's about being able to communicate to others when you need this, this time, you know, it's, it's setting boundaries around what you need to prevent overwhelming situations. So if that means you're aware that you have to cancel something, or you have to say no, Um, or you have to modify the plan because you know the place you're going is going to feel maybe too overwhelming and overstimulating because it's a really busy place and that's not what your nervous system is available for. Maybe it's communicating that you are going to just stay for an hour and then you're going to leave or it's, it's rescheduling plans or communicating how you feel. But it's just really understanding, you know, what is it that you're available for and being able to check in with your body. And if this is going to be a process and a practice for you to see where is your nervous system at and what kind of stimuli, you know, if you kind of get that hit, that hunch or that intuitive nudge of, like, I'm really feeling like this is not what my body needs, then you get to honor that. You know, it's about recognizing that and communicating what you feel And just really being able to set those boundaries of knowing what is it that you can communicate. And in order to be able to feel like you're managing your own environment to suit you. And so when it comes to managing environments, there are other things that we can do as well. So, you know, maybe it's if you go somewhere and you have a sensitivity particularly to noise taking headphones noise cancelling headphones if it's something like you have a sensitivity more to light or yeah bright lights or being outdoors when it's particularly light sunglasses or being able to communicate again if you're working in an office environment and communicating maybe that the lighting is kind of off and Knowing that you're well within your rights to advocate for your needs in situations like that. And just knowing that it's OK to communicate these things as well, because oftentimes we'll sit there in discomfort because we feel that we're going to be looked at in a weird way or judged. Or, yeah, it's um it's definitely a journey to be able to know that it is OK to advocate for your needs. And the more we do it, the easier it does get. So Really, it's about just creating environments that feel that they are more easy to manage and navigate and things like in terms of sensory, for me personally, it's like loud noises that feel really overwhelming for me. And I think bright lights for me also, I mean, lighting is very important for me. Um, I've definitely had some real harsh lighting before, but I would say in terms of an an annoyance or an overwhelm it would come more from loud noises and busy places and yeah intense you know a lot of conversations going on around me that type of thing is really um, can be really overwhelming for me and also clothing um, itchy clothing fabrics and things textures that just don't suit well on my skin is not comfortable and I'll be thinking about it the whole time so it's just managing those things and honoring yourself. So the next one that I wanted to come on to is when we're experiencing sensory overload, it's happening because our, as I said at the start, our nervous systems aren't able to process the depth of of stimuli that we're receiving, and it becomes overwhelmed, because it's constantly processing, it's already working at a a really high depth. It's processing everything so deep. So it's like a computer when there's too much stuff coming in, there's too many tabs open, it's going to crash. So when we look at this as our humans, we're looking at the importance of allowing breaks of stillness, of like nothing going on, not taking in no stimuli. So factoring in breaks through your day to support this process, to support your nervous system, and really being able to reset your nervous system and reset your sensory system to get that balance back again and sometimes that's all we need your your mind and your body just need to take a small break in terms of what you're allowing in and then you can reset taking you know maybe it's not ideal or or realistic if you work in sort of a situation where you can't always take breaks but just giving yourself what you can give five ten fifteen minutes and just having no stimuli at all sometimes we have a tendency to like put our headphones in and and do things like that and if you're feeling particularly overwhelmed I would suggest silence and stillness and a reset that comes from taking in no additional information and perhaps in these breaks you engage in some sort of mindfulness practice as well Some good mindfulness practices that you might be able to implement could be just allowing yourself to drop down into your body and just sit for a moment and you can either close your eyes and do a body scan where you're guiding your attention to different parts of your body and just facilitating and and allowing that connection between your body and mind. And this is really, really supportive. I've always found this to be really great or doing uh, a practice where you're just really gaining some more present moment awareness from just like looking around you. So looking around, maybe picking five things that you see in your awareness that are green and then the three things that are blue or looking for few things that are circles and Just creating these practices for yourself so that you're kind of bringing yourself back into the present moment. But when it comes to taking these breaks, it's really important that you are taking small breaks and honoring that within yourself, especially if you do feel like you are nearing this um, point of overload. And different breathing tools and techniques can also help. I think everyone is so unique when it comes to breath work from the people that I've worked with in the past There have been some kind of similar situations where breath work can actually be quite triggering depending on different traumas and things that people have had. So with this, I would say it's very nuanced. But if you're able to and it feels comfortable to taking some deep breaths, you know, really into the diaphragm, not forcing or constricting, but just seeing what flows through you, the capacity that you have to take these sort of intentional breaths can really start just to calm the mind and body as well. I think leading on from here, just knowing that what we really want to cultivate is we want to be able to, as well as being able to move away from overwhelm and to avoid overwhelm, perhaps when we're really kind of recognizing it, what we really want to get to a point where we're able to understand what our limits are and be able to manage that and to prevent the overwhelm. So once we can start to understand more about ourselves and our levels of overwhelm and input uh, that feels good for us, we can then start to really provide routines and patterns and consistency within things that we do on a day-to-day basis that supports our overall kind of lifestyle and our nervous system and so don't wait for the overwhelm to come in before you operate um, or implement self-care you know maintaining that level of self-care these practices and things that you can do every day so this will look differently for everyone but being able to get a good sleep routine a consistent kind of pattern where you're waking up at a good time you're having you're having a good amount of hours of sleep I know for me it's I really do not thrive if I have anything less than really seven so it's about understanding what what how do you work and what does your body need and understanding that sleep relaxation rest are all designed to support the recovery of your nervous system to support the reduction of stress and overwhelm to help you be more equipped at emotionally regulating these are important things because if we're not sleeping well we're kind of putting ourselves in a less able state to be able to navigate this overwhelm in the first place so perhaps it's checking in with your sleep hygiene what are your bedtime practices what are you doing how can you support your sleep more Do you need to add in some more relaxation before bed? Do you need to get off your phone or screen time like an hour earlier? Are you consistent? Are you staying up late watching Netflix? Like what are the things that you're currently doing? What's working and what isn't? And so some of the extra things you can start to think about when it comes to implementing more self-care more kind of regular mindfulness practices you know ones that you're doing on a day-to-day basis um, not just kind of in the moments that you're overwhelmed it may look like implementing meditation so meditations again this is something that's very unique for different people some people may find that they uh, struggle with this and so I always suggest starting off with guided meditations to get yourself into this space so that you have some kind of Guidance into what you're doing, it makes it a bit easier to sit with yourself if you're not used to kind of silence and stillness already. And you're kind of being guided and supportive in this process, and you're still giving yourself time to sit with yourself. Of course, when you're having guided um, audios and things, that's extra stimuli. But if you're doing this from day to day, it's still going to be more beneficial than not doing it at all. So it's just checking in again where you're at and with the body scan that i mentioned earlier in terms of if you're going to take that break and you want to reset your nervous system a body scan is a really great thing to do in the morning or the evening on a day-to-day basis and you're really just connecting in again to the present moment to your body and by doing that you're allowing your mind to still you're you're not you're giving space for those thoughts just to kind of come in and you're not really attaching on to anything when you're in these practices because your body your your focus is on on your body and so this allows your mind to create stillness it's just a really great practice for becoming aware of really what's going on within you so just being mindful of what sensations am I feeling what's present within me today and you know maybe this can bring up some things for you to just be more mindful of within your body, you know, connecting into that space. We're often being communicated through different things, sensations within our body, through um, physical or emotional things that are coming up. So just allowing yourself, not with any sort of hypervigilance, but just some curiosity and just allowing yourself to scan through different points of your body, noticing what you notice. And this can be really good for sleep, uh, as well, along with the other mindfulness practices uh, meditations and things that you can do just to support, again, this overall sensation of stillness and this reset of your nervous system. So I hope that some of these tips have given you just some more ideas, maybe just reminders of things that you already knew and just some validation really for whatever you're going through or maybe a deeper understanding for yourself towards anybody else that you know is highly sensitive that maybe does become more overwhelmed in different situations and how that may look and maybe different things that you can do to uh, support or encourage those um, those things that I've shared in in people because ultimately again and I say this all of the time in these episodes around um, HSPs or whenever I talk about being a highly sensitive person it's not about being stuck in this space where when we look at the challenges we feel kind of powerless to the way that we're designed but it's understanding that we don't need the world to change for us we're not victims in who we are how we're showing up but we do need to understand that if we want to thrive and we understand that there are certain things that come with being a hsp such as sensory overload and becoming more easily overwhelmed that we have the power to change and modify the way that we show up and the things that we can actually get support with using our voice if we do feel like there's something that isn't going to work for us around our environment getting you know changes in place if that's what we feel we need to do and it's not Again, as I kind of reiterated there, it's not about getting the world to change or see us differently. I mean, it would be great if people understood a bit more about this trait, which is obviously why I talk about this a lot, because I do feel that it's not known as well as it could be as much as we do not expect you know we can only work on ourselves and work on controlling what we can control individually and we can't wait let's say for the world to change around us at the same time as that as i expressed there it is safe and it is perfectly fine and encouraged to voice your needs and opinions and if this is connected to communicating a need around how your environment should be in certain places then you get to do that and to know and trust that that is perfectly safe and when it comes to navigating those feelings of fear of confrontation of setting a boundary you know that guilt and stuff that always comes in when we're you know changing these patterns and we're not used to communicating and advocating for our needs then just knowing that with these difficult emotions allowing yourself to sit with what they are when they're coming up and when we're expanding our capacity to hold different and difficult emotions that we're we're not used to holding it's just about creating that uh, resilience and capacity within ourselves to hold these different types of emotions so this is something that comes over time and with practice and hopefully so far with with what I've shared, you have some uh, more insights and support to come back to when you're feeling overwhelmed. So again, with any of this, if you feel like you would desire more support around this, you have any questions, I'm taking on clients, I do work with a lot of highly sensitive people because I have lived this life and have, through much of trial and error, created systems in place that work for a highly sensitive nervous system so feel free to reach out yeah it was so good to share this with you and i'll see you in the next episode thank you so much for listening if anything i shared in today's episode has touched your heart or you feel cool to share with me any parts of your own personal journey, I'd love to hear from you. You can find me over on Instagram at I am Rachel Kelly. I'm sending you so much love and I'll see you in the next episode.